You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Faster, More Intense for Chapter 7 of the Book of Boba Fett. In the name of honor, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and joining me, uh, as always, for the Book of Boba Fett, the illustrious Joe Hogan. Hey, boy. I We're, we're a bit behind. Uh, I, I was <laughs> sick. I was sick. Jo- Joe had other stuff going on, I so we couldn't get the schedule to work out. It's fine. It doesn't matter. You guys, you guys are patient. Uh, it's all good. We're here now to talk about the season finale of the book of Boba Fett. Um, and let's just, let's just start right off the bat. What a disappointing end of the season. <laughs> what a, and, and not in the sense that a bunch of cool stuff didn't happen. A bunch of really rad star Wars stuff definitely happened. There were a lot of very cool star Wars moments. I mean, uh, obviously the rancor was was a standout uh cad bane versus boba fett is 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 pretty uh is a pretty cool concept um, <laughs> it was very carefully uh, worded i like yeah it. um din and boba uh like flight of the valkyries style taking everybody out from the sky yeah that uh, was my highlight uh, <laughs> was what and 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 boba finally using the the knee rockets i uh. i uh, in in his like most flashiest of styles. <laughs> yeah, he had a uh, lot of flair doing that. It was fantastic, phenomenal, um, and and lots of really good comedy. I mean, having Peli come back with with Grogu and all of that stuff. I I I mean, like, look, there's a lot that Book of Boba Fett did wrong. There's a lot that it did right. At the top of my list, at the top of my list for this <laughs> television show. Black Kersantan is now one of my favorite Star Wars characters. <laughs> okay. I don't, I can't explain really? it. I don't I mean, know cool, why. But like, I don't know I'm... what it is. He's like in my top 10 now. I like, I like Santo more than I like Chewie. I, what? I'm probably going to get flack for that. I love what? Chewbacca. I love Chewbacca. You guys, I love him. I love Chewie. What I love are you Chewie. on Cohen? Here's the thing. What are you talking about? Those final moments of the episode, especially like when Boba tosses him the the Melu run, and there, we get that little moment between the 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 whole gang. Um, that feels so weird and so out of place, but I still like I. But it it but also it's exactly what the show was building, right? Like it's it's consistent with what the show put together it's just also like when you told me we were getting the book of boba fett i didn't think we were ending with boba and fennec and a bunch of out, like a bunch of like misfit out, outcast kids and and evil chewy right like i didn't think that's what we were gonna get but there's there was like a i think in what like the fourth episode is the one where he rips the the trandoshan's arm off um yes 
there's a turn with the character in that moment that happens as a result of what happens in in the the in the third one, I guess. When or yeah, the second or third, I can't remember. Man, I got to go back and rewatch this this whole show. Um, but uh, but you guys know, like when 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 he's like he says to the twins, "You can have your henchman back," and they're like, "We don't want him. He's yours. He's a gift, a tribute." And 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 Boba turns to him. And he's like, "You're free." Like, I don't have any beef with you. And it's like one piece of advice. Don't work for skaggles. Like, just, like it, it's not worth it. And 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 Santo goes back to most most Espa and is kind of like, I know he's like sitting in that in that uh, uh, booth in, in the sanctuary. Just like, I think he was just like taking stock. I think he was just like, he was doing like a moral inventory of like, where have I gotten with all of this? Like, what am I? Am I a gladiator? Am I, am, am I a bounty hunter? Am I a, am I a warrior? Like I'm a disgraced Wookiee. Like, like what, like, like who the hell am I? And then he has that moment where she's like, she's like, come on, you don't have anything left to prove. And he kind of has this thing of like, don't tell me what I do or don't have to prove. Like, like <laughs> that's not, that's not for you to say. So he only rips one of the Trandoshan's arms off. I, I really felt like that was his compromise. Like it was sort of unsaid, but it was like, he could have ripped both arms off of that Trandoshan and he chose to just rip the one off and leave the guy. And it was, he was like, and then he tosses her the money. Um, and then, and then he kind you kind of get that moment between him and Boba right after that. And I feel like that character like turned a corner, right. Of, of, of like, like he was no longer, no longer working for Skagholes, right? Like he, like he, he had made a decision in that moment that he was going to be his own person. And then when he's given the opportunity to work with Boba in that way, it's like, like it's, it's this, it's this thing with all of the Mandoverse shows that everywhere that Din goes, Din and Grogu make everything better like they like they're continually like healing these different places that they visit and the different people that they meet the ones that they don't kill right i (laughs) i and and din din's influence i mean like bobo was already now we know already on this other path but then i think he saw this other guy this other mandalorian and and obviously they're foils for one another depending on whose whose story you're telling and you know certain point of view all that stuff and I think that like Din's influence on Boba and especially like the conversation that they have in this episode of like, of like, you really believe in all that, that Creed stuff. And he's like, I really do. And he's like, good. Cause he's like, Oh good. You're willing to die for me. You're, <laughs> you're on it. But, but it's, it's like a, it's like a double thing of like, of like, Oh good. Cause that means that, that I can trust that you're actually going to die for me. But it's mm. also like, Oh good. Like, like you have a code. I don't care what your code is. I just care that yeah. you have a code, you're, right? Your backup, yeah, yeah. And and I and I think that Boba, like you, it was just like this moment of mutual respect between the two of them. And I think that 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 relationship, as much as it maybe wasn't developed on screen enough, it was there. What by the end of the season, for sure, there is like this thing between Boba and Kersantin of like, oh, like we're like like we're we're equals sort of thing. Like we're like you're I I. He's finally kind of getting the respect that he's uh, that I think he's always wanted, and so there's like this softening to the character that's ha- that already happened with Boba that we've already seen with Boba that I feel like we're now seeing with Santo, and it's like 
even just the even just the shift in like oh that's black chrysanthemum right black chrysanthemum got to say the whole thing <laughs> and then and then we're like oh chrysanthemum and now we're like no that's santo that's yeah. santo it's santo that's my buddy like that's my friend <laughs> santo right and i just like and and they and they released the fortnite skin for 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 black chrysanthemum and, and oh Benny really Chand. yeah and and I was like, and I heard that they did, and I went and I and I, like I I opened up Fortnite, and it was like, oh, I don't quite have enough V bucks, uh, from from other things saved up to to get them. What's this gonna cost me? And I go and I look, oh, it's gonna cost me ten bucks. It's gonna cost me ten bucks. Yeah, he's worth ten bucks, and I, wow. and I paid the ten bucks to get the skin, and I haven't changed the skin since I got him. Like he's like that's <laughs> I'll ten be, bucks. I, yeah, well, I wouldn't either. I mean, like I got Fennec as well, right? But mm. I, I, and all of their little accessories and stuff. But I, uh, but yeah, I was just like, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like they took, they took the design from the prequels from Episode Three of those like big Wookiee warriors, and they made it even cooler. And he's kind of like, he's just kind of like this big Sasquatch fighter and he's got the the knuckles and just the stuff that he does in this episode like he's an absolute like certified badass 100 percent. like like don't mess with black chrysanthemum right but also there's this side to the character that got brought out over the course of this series of like like i said that's my buddy santo like that's my that's my guy like when he comes around the corner hobbling but like also tossing pikes and he, <laughs> and he takes the guys on his back and he basically like rips the guy off of his back, tosses him and shoots him in the air. <laughs> Crystal was like, that was awesome. Crystal <laughs> is not usually one for the violence in star Wars or really in anything. Like it's not her thing. Like she's, she likes star Wars for other reasons and, and really, and obviously not as much as, as you and I, it's not part of her lifestyle or identity but when she said that i was like right he's awesome (laughs) he's the best part of this show so for me like by the end of the season i'm just like that's the most indelible thing that the book of boba fett has given me is is i mean it's two things and they're on equal footing black chrysanthemum cemented as a rad character that i love um and then the stuff with the tuscans but the stuff with the Tuscans is bittersweet because it's also where the show failed me the most. Right. And that like, we get to that fourth episode and they're, and they're just like, yeah. And then they all died and we're not going to talk about it until like one line, two lines maybe in, in the finale. And it's, and we like the writers, I think thought it had more punch than it did. But I said to Crystal, I was like, it doesn't matter. Like Cad Bane saying that to Boba doesn't change anything. Yeah. It like needles him a little bit and it maybe throws him off a, a little tiny bit. I mean, like, honestly, Boba kind of just like owns Cad Bane, right? Like he just kind of destroys him. <laughs> um, even, even though for a second it's like, Oh, maybe he's got the upper hand. It's like, no, he doesn't. He never did. I, uh, uh, Boba was going to win that fight no matter what. And that fight was going to happen no matter what. It's not like if Cad Bane didn't say, Oh hey, uh, the like they killed like like the Pikes killed your Tuscan family. And that Boba was going to be like, hey, you know, I think we can work this out. I think we can negotiate this. No, they were going to fight to the death, no matter what. That's what was going to happen. 
So it's like it I it just don't think that it had as much impact as um as I think that maybe John Favreau thought it was going to mm. because they just deflated it in that fourth episode by just by just taking those characters off the board. And honestly, not having the Tuscan warrior come back, not having her come back uh, uh, in the finale, I think was a was a mistake. And I hope it's one that they hear. Like, I hope that that they hear that feedback from the from the audience, and that if we get a second season of Book of Boba Fett, that it's something that they fix. That that um, that we find out that her and the kid survived, and uh, and 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 eventually like reunite with Boba. Um, I first and foremost because I think I think I maybe I said this in, in one of those previous episodes. I kind of ship it. I kind of want them together. Like I like I we did right because we talked about like like what if she takes off the mask and they're actually just human underneath. Mm-hmm. They've always been human, right? Like, um, and it's and like because I I think that there's like a powerful message there. I also think it would be a powerful message if they were people of color. If it was like all of a sudden it was like oh like people have been demonizing them because of their culture really and and uh, but that but there's actually more in common than or at least like a near human or something like that right but um, I don't know I just I just think that Boba would have been really happy with her <laughs> I think that would have been a good yeah a good he was happy in that life he was yeah. happy with that lifestyle so so yeah I don't know like like for for all of the cool things that they did. Um, I, the last four episodes really did kind of just go off into all of a sudden now we're in, I really, I mean like, like the last three, especially it's like, like all of a sudden now we're just in Mandalorian territory. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I'm not one of the people who's like, but the show is called book of Boba Fett. It's like, I don't care. Whatever. Put your Mando in my Boba Fett. It's uh, chocolate peanut butter. It's all good. Um, I, I like as long, as long as you're telling a good story in service of all of the characters, mm-hmm. I think where it fell flat is that like all of a sudden Din comes in, we got a phenomenal episode with him that really served that character, but had nothing to do with, with our other characters, which would have been fine if it would have been like, Hey, this is the stuff you need to know in order for, for Din to join this story. But then the next episode we go like, Oh, now we're going to spend a bunch of time telling you Grogu's story and and then we're going to come back and it's going to be you know this this finale um fight and we're gonna and we're gonna we're gonna give you a bunch of the stuff that you want to see but we really didn't earn it we really didn't earn you know the the um uh the rancor stuff like like we got one scene we got one scene where we saw him (laughs) connect with the rancor earlier and then and then we're expected to just like be okay with like we just go oh okay so I guess he spent more time with the rancor and learned to ride it, but like it wasn't earned. It just, it just wasn't earned. It was rad. It was awesome. It was one of the coolest things we've ever seen in Star Wars. Boba Fett riding a rancor wearing armor, right? Because the rancor had armor too. I think design wise they could have made that more clear, but regardless, like it it, it was cool stuff. Um, and Grogu and the Rancor was a cool moment, right? Like of, of Grogu chilling the Rancor out, right? Um, and then cuddling up with it. And like there there was there was a lot of really cool stuff in the finale, but 
was it a satisfying conclusion to the story that they told from those first three episodes? Not really, you know? So, so I don't know. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling the mixed bag on it. I think maybe I'm more positive than you though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I just talked for a really long time. Listening to all of your points. Yes, you absolutely are. I don't know, man. Like I, I just, I really, really, really wanted to like this. Cause I agree. Yeah. There's a lot of neat stuff happening but like it's just okay so i have two major complaints with this one is the i don't know if it's the directing or the editing or a mixture of the two but like most of this episode is action right like for the most part it this is a very action-filled episode and like normally cool like as long as the action is like you said serving the story and like all we care about all these characters great awesome i'm all i'm all for it uh and then the other complaint that i have is what was missing and um, so i guess i'll start with that one i recognize a hundred percent that you and i speculating all the stuff that we wanted to see yeah uh it's silly to expect those things and it's silly to uh, convince myself, okay, they're definitely going to do this. They're definitely going to do this. They're definitely going to do this. Because then you fall into the danger of when it doesn't happen, you're disappointed. And it just kind of like falls flat for you or whatever. You just, you know, you're, you're setting yourself up for disappointment when you do that. The, the, the quote that I always use is expectation is the thief of joy, right? Yes, absolutely. You, you see, you're, if, if, <laughs> and uh, it was actually like a uh, 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 thing in um, in the Spider-Man movie. I, I don't want to spoil anything in Spider-Man, but but when MJ is like, "Hey, you expect to be disappointed, then you right. can't be disappointed, right?" Right. It's that sort of a. That's kind of the negative way to look at it. It, but, is. it is. But yeah, like same sort of thing where it's like, yeah, don't 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 go, you know, setting yourself up just to be disappointed for sure. Right. But that said, I feel like there were a lot of things that were set up. Not just in this show, but like in Bad Batch. So yeah. hopefully we can talk. It, it's it's cool that I kind of spoil some minor stuff from Bad Batch here. Um, the thing I really wanted to see is what would happen when Boba, Fennec, and Cad Bane were all in the same room. Well, yeah. in this case, they were all together outside, whatever. But you have this dynamic where, okay, I wanted to see Omega... But I, I knew we probably weren't going to. But Fennec and Bane have a history. Mm-hmm. And that was set up in the Bad Batch. And what also happened in those same moments of the Bad Batch is Fennec killed Ton Wei, who was in a lot of ways, you know, maybe not Boba's caregiver, but was like someone really important in kind of Boba's upbringing in a lot of ways on Kamino. So, okay, Fennec kills Tonway uh, in front of Cad Bane while also trying to kidnap Boba's sister. Yeah. None of this is mentioned. And, you know, it, it didn't need to be, but, like, to set it, that up, yeah. to set that weird dynamic up just before the show, and then to have this moment where Bane shows up and is trying to like get a rise out of Boba to not mention something that would 
cause a rift between one of his his, his most trusted ally right now. Yeah, that I was like, what, what, okay, like, oh, okay, all right. I really, I really, really feel like the mistake that they made with this show was moving through the story too fast. It was a thousand percent. Not allowing for moments like that to happen. Because I think if they had taken the first three episodes and they had made that a six episode series and really made it matter and then ended the season on like like really build up the the speeder the speed bike gang as as a, as the main problem right it's like oh we've got mm-hmm. the this the pikes are moving through but then we've also got the speed bike gang and it's like and they're the direct threat to the tuscans and none of the flash forward flashbacks up literally just like the first season of book of boba fett it's like you just frame it with like he goes into the back to tank at the beginning of the season and he doesn't come out until the end right? okay Okay. And you just tell the story of what happened to him. I would have been totally satisfied yeah. as a fan of this story if we had just gotten a full season of what happened to Boba from Return of the Jedi and the five years to the beginning of the Ma- to when we see him in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Like and bring us right up to that moment to to when to when we see him in the Mandalorian and then come back with season three of Mandalorian and let season three of Mandalorian be about Din on his solitary journey and, and trying to track down the covert on his own by himself, not asking for any, anybody for help having completely like missed the point of the lessons that he's learned. Like let, like let's like really live in that for like three or four episodes and then have him go, no, I need to go find Grogu. And then have that be a thing and then have Grogu's episode be its own thing. And then like, and and then like let that, and then bring him into the Boba Fett stuff at that point. And then come back and do season two of book of Boba Fett, where we fill in the gap of like, why did Fennec Shand come find Mando? Right. Mm-hmm. What, what, at what point did they get <clears throat> desperate enough that she has to come find Mando? And then you go back and you tell that story of like, Oh, what happened and you give it six or seven episodes just of the twins and Kersantin and the mods and the Pikes and all of that. And then Cad Bane, like you like have Cad Bane show up in like the second episode of the season and do all the stuff that he does in, in uh, Freetown and have it be like this, this looming thing of like what happened in Freetown um and build that up and build and and build up the conflict between the the city folk in in Mos Espa versus the the folk out in Freetown and don't just do Freetown because the Freetown showing up is is a is a cool moment and the music cue is great and that's all fine but imagine if we had spent a season of Boba uh, trying to to sort of deal with all of this stuff in Mos Espa and the outlying settlements kind of hearing about it and slowly one by one like 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 finding out that that like oh like like Boba Fett the bounty hunter is trying to like bring law and order to Tatooine mm-hmm. right and for them to see his actions and be inspired by that and then, and then you bring Din in, and Din goes and finds out what happened in Mos Pelgo, um, and 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 convinces the people of Freetown to join them, right? And and in doing so, the people of Freetown go out 
to to Anchorhead and they go out to like these other areas and and it's not just the people of Freetown that show up at the end. It's the people of Freetown and it's the people of Anchorhead and it's the people like of these different areas and you get and then Boba's got like a literal like army behind him. But I also see that like they didn't want to spend that much money. I think I think for the very first time what we're rubbing up against with Star Wars on screen is the budget. They can't do everything they would want to do. And you know where all the money went in this finale. You yeah. know where all the money went. That rancor was impeccable. It was perfect. It was a dream come true. I hope that George Lucas has watched this. And I hope that when he did, he was like crying the whole time going, that's what we wanted to do in 1982. <laughs> that's and like Phil Tippett is sitting there going like, that's what was in my head. That's what it was. That's what the rancor is, right? Because I think that they pulled it off. They nailed it. It was fantastic. I just wish that we had earned it. I wish that we had spent half an episode after we got introduced to the rancor with Boba bonding with the rancor. I wish the rancor had a goddamn name, you know, like, like let's Moochie. Well, I mean, what an, what an awesome opportunity that would have been. Right. So but yeah, it like made a just, whole lot of sense. But there's all this stuff that it's like that. I just feel like if they were taking their time with this stuff, then that rather than trying to like, I feel like there's an end point to this story that maybe Dave is a little bit anxious to get to, and it's something that maybe he's been wanting to do for a while, and it has to do with Ezra and Thrawn and Ahsoka, and. Um, and I feel, I feel like maybe it's a linchpin in movies going forward. And it's the sort of thing where it's like, guys, we're on a timeline. We have these movie release dates. You guys need to tell this story. You need to tell it now, or it's not going to get told, or we're going to have to do something else. Right. Um, and so I think that, that what book of Boba Fett could have been, ended up being this other thing where they, where they made a bunch of compromises and they went, we got to get Mando moving too. This has got, we got to use this as like Mando season 2.5 at a certain point. Cause we just, we got, we got to, cause when we hit the ground on Mando season three, we got, we got to, we have to be sprinting. We have to, he's got to have his new ship. He's got to be back with Grogu. We got to do all this stuff. Right. And I think they like sandwich that in. And it ended up instead of being six episodes, it ends up being seven episodes and they break it down and then go, ah, okay, well, we actually need two episodes for Mando. It's fine. We can squish everything into the finale, right? Like, like you can kind of, you can almost see mechanically where they made these choices. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I think that that's the, that was the biggest mistake is that they just, they just needed to move fast and they needed to get this part of the story done so that they could move on to the next thing. Um, which is a bit of a shame, you know, and I, and I just hope that that's not, that that doesn't continue, that we're not like, like just, you know, like moving at a clip to try and get to this Ezra Thrawn Ahsoka story. Cause it feels, it, it really feels like since the middle of season two of Mandalorian, that this Mandalorian thing's kind of been hijacked by that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And that like, like there was something else. There was a different, like, like Mandalorian story going on. And, and now it's kind of like, well, it's kind of mixed with this Ahsoka Ezra thing. And, you know, like we're bringing in Sabine and we're doing this and that. And it's like, okay, you know, we've got all these shows. And then also now we don't have all of these shows on account of, you know, racist, uh, uh, Nazi sympathizers. Um, so, so they're like, uh, we got, we're going to have to pivot with that. We're going to have to do this. We're going to, so I think that they're just kind of, I think that they have a plan. I do. And, and it's so funny because with, with the sequel trilogy, our big thing is like, ah, you guys didn't really have a plan. You're just making it up as you go. And that's kind of why the sequel trilogy is all over the place. Right. And not, doesn't really have any consistency in terms of theme or tone or, or the point of the story. Um, and it ends on such a like deflated waffle of an ending um, where they're like, oh, it's the end of the Skywalkers, except she's a Skywalker. So it's not really the end of the Skywalkers. Also, we're going to tell more stories with Luke Skywalker in two years. So relax about it. Um, mm. It's never the end of the Skywalkers. We were lying the whole time. Um, but then with the Mando stuff, it's almost like the opposite where it's like, we have a plan. We have a plan. We got to stick to the plan. And it's like, yeah, but what if sticking to the plan is hurting the story, right? Like what if, what if this end game that you guys are working towards is detrimental to the story of Boba Fett? Cause I feel like at the end of the day, it has been, um, cause at a certain point they just got more concerned with bringing Mando and Grogu into the story when really like. I don't think that they were necessary in order to tell that finale. No, I like, like I, th- I don't, I don't think that they needed to be there. I like the scenes that they had. I like the stuff that they did. I love those characters. Um, but did they need to be in Boba Fett's story? I don't think that they did. I really don't think that like we needed any of it. And, and, and that episode, that Mando episode is my favorite episode of the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And that's kind of a problem. Right. And, and I don't like, it's, I'm, I'm treading lightly on this because I don't want it to come off as the same as like a lot of these people were just like, they're just like mad because they're, I wanted a Boba Fett show and you gave me this weenie guy smiling all the time. And then you took his show away from him and you made it a Mandalorian show. And it's like, <laughs> you know what? Like there's no pleasing any of those people. Uh, so why even bother trying? But, but for me, it was just like, I was really digging those flashbacks. I really, really liked that stuff from day one on this. Um, and, and I, like, I just, I, I wanted to live in that world and I that's when Star Wars works the most for me is when they take me to a place that I want to go just like live in. Um and 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 they did that in a, in a really unexpected way in a really unexpected place of like really we're going back to Tatooine, really we're going to spend all this time with the Tuscans. And then by the end of it I was like, could you guys not pull the plug on this so fast? I was enjoying my time. Um, and seeing Boba go through that transformation and that that the the campfire sequence at the end of the third episode, I said it then and I'll say it again now. That is some of the best Star Wars that they've ever made like that. Mm. That journey that we go on with him in those first three episodes, I uh, to me is like like that is if you put those all together as one 
one serving, that is one of the best Star Wars movies they've made. It's because it's just it's fantastic. It's phenomenal. Even with the 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 jumping from the two time frames, it's still it's that would still work for me um, as a movie. Um, maybe maybe a little a little bit missing in a third act, but but I I but still like in terms of telling that story of how Boba goes from bounty hunter left for dead on the sands of Tatooine to the you know to a member of of a Tuscan tribe is like that's that it was compelling and it was interesting and it was refreshing and it had something to say about um I you know uh colonization and indigenous people and uh you know cultural erasure and and all of that sort of thing like it was a it was a new take on like a dances with wolves type story but one that was respectful on both ends as opposed to like you know white savior sort of stuff um and and I just I thought that they did such a good job with that, and then it kind of almost turned into a bit of a cartoon show in the fourth episode, and just went like it kind of turned into Saturday morning cartoons a little bit hmm. um, towards the end of it. And the and the and the last episode is absolutely like that's a fantastic episode of the Clone Wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like if we were looking at it in that context, it's like oh, that's a really good top tier episode of the Clone Wars. I uh, is it is it the level that I want from the live action stuff? No. And that's not to say like sometimes clone wars gives us the live action level of stuff, right? Like, like they both have the ability to transcend and, 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 uh, uh, you know, be more than their medium. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little bit like bad batch where like with bad batch, those, that, those, that first set of episodes was like, wow. And then we kind of got into our episode of the week thing. And it was like, this is a lot of fun. And then that one episode, we're like, this is a Saturday morning cartoon episode. Um, <laughs> and then thankfully, they stuck the landing on the season with that one. But I, I, I but yeah, it, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Hindsight is also 2020. It's really easy to armchair quarterback this stuff and say what they should have done and not really, you know, but like, we're, we're not in the room for it. Right. We I'll, don't know what the, what forces are at play and, and what compromises they were forced to make. So. I don't know. I mean, yes, I a hundred percent. Like this is all very first world problem. <laughs> like it's, it's a privilege for us to be, you know, Russia is going to invade the Ukraine in the next, like, I don't know, three days or something, and we're here huffing and puffing about the finale of Of, the uh, Book of Boba Fett. So, like, yes, there there are much, much, much worse problems in the world. But, like, that doesn't mean we can't criticize things that we love and at least try to do it constructively. Because it's not like if Book of Boba Fett, like, had a second season... I don't think either one of us would be skipping it. Like we'd still watch it. And of course, you know, would, yeah. we, I, I, I will say I liked more than I disliked in this show. Uh, but I just, I have a lot of problems with this episode, man. And I really, a, a lot of, yeah, a lot of it is like missed opportunity and like what could have been, but also just like, I don't know, man, the action in this finale was not kinetic at all. A lot of it was very, disjointing and distracting and you know 
it's it's I agree. It's a lot of it was probably changed on the fly, and it's easier said than done. Of course, it's 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 very easy to armchair direct. Of course, but like, I don't know, man. I feel like there's so many sequences in this where like everything involving those big destroyer droids was like big mistakes, like big basic mistakes in terms of how action should be working from shot to shot. And the thing that just kept happening, like every single scene with these things, every single time we cut back to one of these guys, it was just like, they're the slowest droids in history. Like forget the fact that only three good guys died in this entire episode and that these robots and pikes are worse shots than Imperial stormtroopers. Like let's forget that for a second. These are the slowest droids I've ever seen move ever. And more than once they kept cutting to POV shots, whether it was from the droid or from the people on the ground that were fighting them or more, more often than not running away from them, retreating from them. Right. These droids, like they're, they were fast traveling all over the map. Yeah. They were teleporting because they were not moving quick enough to be following like every time you saw the 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 people who were evacuating, those droids were like twenty feet away from them. But then in the POV shot, the people are running away faster than like three yeah. times the speed than the droid is following them. There's there's the one moment when when Din distracts oh the second one. Oh my god! And it starts following him, and then as it moves in like like uh, 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 deeper into the into the foreground of the frame, you see in the background. That the other one is like six blocks away all yes. of a sudden. Yes. And, it, and it's like going around the corner. Already like, turning it, the corner. Yeah. How did it get there so fast? I don't understand. They were standing right next to each other two seconds there's, ago. There's that one. And the yeah. other one is when it, when they're on the rickshaw. And the yeah. rickshaw is going like five times the speed of the, of the droid, right? Yeah. It, the, the rickshaw, it turns a corner and is going down. And there's no firepower, like there's there's no lasers coming at them anymore. And you know, there's the sweet little moment, oh, we're reunited with Grogu. And then it starts firing again, and he turns around, and the thing is twenty feet away, and it's still slow. It's still moving slowly. And it's not like just turning the corner, like it's right there. Like as if it were there the whole time. Like they just drove through it. And now the camera just turned around. And it was just it was so much stuff like that. That was just driving me crazy. It was so distracting to me as someone who like, you know, I don't want to say I study this stuff. I'm by no means an expert, but like, because I try to create stuff like this, I pay attention to this stuff and it matters. It matters and it's distracting when it's not done well. So I I, I think, I think the thing to say is like, compare it to a sequence like the, the, um, the speeder chase, in bad batch in what is that like the fourth or fifth episode i i when they're they're trying to capture i i i omega right and like it's that whole chain oh man what planet are they on are they on ord mantel i can't remember i, I can't think remember. it was yeah i think it yeah. was Ord Mantel. um and they're going through this city and stuff and like that chase sequence is textbook like this is a perfect chase sequence. Hmm. They like they nailed it, and and there's like there's stuff falling off the delivery car, and there's ships exploding, and there's oh like the the good guys chasing the bad guys, and now all of a sudden the cops are chasing everybody, and it's like and I'm gonna jump from one thing to another speeder, I'm gonna kick this cop off of this speeder bike and keep chasing, 
And it's like, and at no point are you ever like, wait, who's where, what's going yeah, on. Absolutely. And it doesn't stop moving. Right. Like it's, mm-hmm. and, and it's a long chase sequence. Like it's in a 22 minute episode, it's probably about seven minutes of that episode. Um, and it's, and it would be very easy for us to lose track of it, but we don't. And, and the thing about working in the volume and I think I think this will be the interesting thing. I think they should grab some of these animation directors and I think that they should bring them in to help these yeah. live action directors. Now, Bryce Dallas Howard doesn't need any help. Get her on these episodes. <laughs> right. Because her episodes have been perfect. Right. She has done amazing stuff. I mean, you go back to the her episode in the first year, the sanctuary, right? And all of the stuff like the suspense of the ATSD and all that. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the action sequences in that episode are perfect. Um, not to mention she's great at directing the character, like the actors and, and, and right. getting the character Absolutely, motivations yeah. right and all that stuff. She's phenomenal. So put her on a few more of these episodes. Cause like that, uh, the one shot in, um, uh, in, in the Mando episode is just like, yeah, it's like perfect stuff. Um, but I, I like, like some of these directors, I mean, like, I think I hate to say it, but I think that Robert Rodriguez needs a little bit of a, needs a little bit of a hand but but also like that's not surprising to me at all because i've watched alita and alita is i love it i think i think it's a great movie i think it's like hyper violent and and a little bit um exploitative in that way but also it's a robert rodriguez movie um and it's anime and it's based on the source material and the source material is a little bit crazy like that but there are some moments in those action sequences where you're like this is too much right um and go back like to 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 a lot of Robert Rodriguez stuff. I mean, like I'm most familiar with him from the Spy Kids stuff, to be <laughs> honest. And those action sequences are not great. So I just I don't know. Like like I I, I think I think that that if they brought in some of the animation muscle to coach um, the live action directors on the best way to utilize something like the volume. I think that the, the most Espa speeder chase, like the, like the, the mod speeder chase from the fourth episode, right. Um, would have been a lot better. I uh, it like, it would have had that energy that we needed it to have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, and I, and I think that, yeah, like the pacing and the, the just like sort of the physical mapping of an episode like this would have been better as well. There, it was also just like the, the droid stuff was, the droid versus rancor stuff was too repetitive. It's like, we saw it. The other one needed to get taken out a different way, right? It needed, it needed to happen a different way. But the fact that the rancor comes in and just kind of wins again, is like, Oh, come on. Right. Um, the, the, I really like, especially they build it up that like Drash and that girl from Freetown are gonna, they're going to figure something out. Yeah. I think it would have been way cooler if they would have like gone up to get that, that high ground vantage point. Cause everybody knows the high ground is what you need. <laughs> and with that high ground bonus, they like spot something and basically like find like a bell tower or something like that. Right. And it's yeah. like, if we, if we both shoot right there, that thing's going to tip and collapse and have it like collapse onto yeah. Yeah, the, the thing, and then have this shield so strained that at that point, Kersantin can go out and do what he was gonna do, and like because because the other thing is that like if you read the comic books, Kersantin has 
essentially the Star Wars equivalent of an adamantium skeleton, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I turned to Crystal when we were watching and I explained to her when he was like sticking his hands in, I was like, if that droid didn't kick him, he would have done it. He would have gotten through the shield because because he doesn't like his, his like the nerves and stuff in his hands aren't like he's like he's kind of like part droid underneath the skin like he has like like a, like a metal skeleton over his skeleton so he's experimented on or whatever right like like it, he could have done it and he should have done it and it would have been really cool if they would have like worked together as a team to get that victory mm-hmm. instead of it just being boba and the rancor coming and saving the day again this it's whole like, episode was that though. It's like, yeah. okay, Boba and Mando are in trouble. Yeah. The, 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 who's coming to save the day? It's, it's like yeah. every single thing was, okay, someone's coming to save the day. And I got to say it, Grogu using the force to bail everybody out is starting yeah. to get a little stale. It happened twice this episode. Yeah, man. It's yeah, starting yeah. to get a little stale for me, man. It's just, I don't it's know. Got, it has to be more than just like us focusing on him for 30 seconds while he holds his hand up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he needs to, that we need to have seen. I mean, we do, we do see that he's made progress. He doesn't like pass out after the first thing that he does, he, right? He can Yoda jump now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that in Mando season three that we get to see a little bit more evolution of that. It, mm. You know what really bummed me out? That they just put the chainmail underneath his outfit. And like that character is not going to look any different. There's no visual yeah. change to him. I really wanted it to be, I mean, I wanted to have a whole season without Grogu and I wanted to come back and I wanted Grogu to look different because the character is so iconic in the sense that like, we only know three of this species. We know Yoda, mm-hmm. Yaddle and Grogu. Right. So I like there was a real opportunity for them to go away for a season and for us to not really understand the physiology of Yoda's species and for it to be like, oh, he hit his growth spurt like like he was he was in a dark place and he was regressed and and um, like repressing all of these memories and stuff like that. And his time with with Luke allowed him to get outside of that. And and then also he's physically matured to a point where like he's not a a kid anymore. He's like a like a tween or something and have and like to show that and like to show like he's got maybe he's got like a little bit more hair or something like that. And just like give him a little bit more personality and a little bit more character um, Mm. so that so that we can see him do a little bit more. Um, But now I'm afraid that like we're just never going to get that because they want they want to keep selling their plushies. But the, but the other part of that, that drives me insane is that like, I've got three, right? Like we, like, like we're like, we're full up in this house, guys. We got, we got <laughs> enough Grogu. Um, you need to give him a new costume. You need to give him a new look, right? It's like, it's like, I also need Din to, to evolve in the way that he looks as well. I mean, like his character is in a bit of a stagnant place right now. So, hopefully by the end of season three, like I'd like to see him make another transformation like we do in the middle of season one. Um, and like we do, like we get to see with Boba in this series, right? It's like, he's like, like there's a, there's a, there are visual cues to a transformation of that character that he's not the Boba Fett from return of the Jedi. And then he's also, you know, then he's the Tuscan, and then, and then he's, he's uh, the reborn Boba that we saw in Mando. And then he's, 
the uh the 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 daimyo right like the daimyo boba being the one that we spend the most time with in this season um that that sort of more polished look that he has to his outfit um and it's like it's like i want to see more of that like sort of visual transformation and i want fennec to wear something different for god's sake she's been wearing the same outfit for 30 years <laughs> yeah this is clone wars get a get a new outfit fennec oh uh, bad badge rather yeah yeah um yeah, I would, I would, I would like to see. I mean, like, like grief got new a new outfit in season two, right? Like, like to show that he was a different person. Now he's the magistrate, right? Like, uh, uh, sort of thing. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I like. I I I want to see. I want to see that stuff happen. But then I know that Star Wars is terrified of losing its iconography, and it's like you're not losing your iconography. Luke's Tatooine outfit in A New Hope is just as iconic as his X-Wing gear, which is just as iconic as his Dagobah fatigues, which is just as iconic as his black outfit, which goes through a transformation over the course of that movie, right? Like, like those things, like Luke has all of these looks and they're all Luke Skywalker. And I was so happy when we got Luke in a different outfit in, in the fifth episode, sixth episode, mm. the sixth uh, episode, right? Fifth. No, fifth, fifth, no, sixth. sixth, wait, sixth, second to last episode was, yes, the, was okay. the, Dan, it was the, okay. it was the Grogu and Luke episode. Right. And okay. we get to see, we get to see him evolving his outfit and moving towards, I, but again, I also feel like it wasn't enough. Right. And I feel like the deep fake thing that they did, cause they like, cause of the footage that they're using, a lot of it having been from actually the era of a new hope as well as empire strikes back in order to do that. Like they're not just using return of the Jedi Luke. So he actually looks younger in the deep fake stuff than he does in return of the Jedi. Um, but because of that, they can't put a beard on him. Right. And I really mm-hmm. think that like to, I like I would love to see the next time that we see Luke Skywalker in a story I want him to have the beard and I want him to have moved away from the black outfit. The black outfit was a, was a symbol of the inner conflict. And at the end of return of the Jedi, the inner conflict is gone. He shouldn't be wearing all black anymore. I, it's that, I, I that might be a controversial opinion because so many people, yeah, love but he, the all he black has a black outfit in last Jedi, but it's not all black. It's not all black. What is that? It's, it, there's like, and it's actually not, I don't think it's black. I think it's very, very dark brown. But the one, yeah. when, when he shows up at the end, you mean? Yeah. I think it's, projection. I think that's supposed oh, to be. Oh yeah. It has a white collar. And, and it's got, he's, he's got the okay. white collar underneath it. It's almost like an inverted shirt. Obi-Wan. Right. Yeah, true. Like, um, I, yeah, like it, it I just, I just want to see, I want to see, I want to see these characters progress visually. I want, I want that to be a thing. I, I also want it for Bad Batch, right? We talked about that on Bad Batch. That's one mm. of the most important things to me is that like, I really hope in season two, we come back and they've gotten rid of their armor in a certain way, or, or like they've moved on to different armor. Uh, I, they won't have, right? Because like Disney and Lucasfilm, they just want images that they can put on lunchboxes. That's more important to them than these characters uh, making statements with their, with their visual looks. I mean, like the rise of Skywalker is the worst uh, perpetrator of this in that, like you crack open that art book and there are some killer looks for the three 
leads. Mm-hmm. Um, Finn in particular has like this puffy yellow jacket that they designed that would have been like this radical step forward for Star Wars and a completely new design still totally feels Star Wars but would have been a new direction and something <laughs> unique for that character. That's really cool. I like that. And and they went, no, just put him in a vest like Han Solo. Yeah. And they just put him in a Han Solo costume. And don't get me wrong, like the costume's great. I think that John Boyega looks great. I think Finn looks great in that movie. But it like so many things with the sequel trilogy, it's just such a half measure of like like why is Finn in a Han Solo cosplay? What does that tell me about the character story-wise? Nothing. It's actually discordant with the character story story-wise, right? Um, uh, if any of them are on a Han Solo trajectory at a certain point, it's it's Kylo Ren, you know. Like, I uh, uh, there are other characters that deserve to to have you know be paying homage to Han Solo, right? Uh, uh, Poe got the most like revolutionary outfit for for his character and that's just because i feel like he wasn't well defined in the first movie so they were in the second (laughs) movie they're like i don't know put him in a jacket um they put him in the han solo outfit in the second movie i i but yeah it it, i just i just feel like they like like some of these decisions are being made for the wrong reasons they're not being made for story they're being made for you know can we can we slap it on a lunchbox can we make an action figure um, and I'd like to see these characters evolve. I'd like to, you know, Leia didn't wear the same thing in all three movies. Han didn't. Well, Han kind of did. <laughs> Han goes back to his same outfit in the third movie that he wore in the first one. But then they throw brown the pants. <laughs> brown pants. Then they throw the right. trench coat on, right. and, they, right, right. and they completely alter his look. Right, like it right. becomes a completely different thing. Um. So yeah, like it. It. I don't know. I a lot of this comes from just like me being an illustrator. And, and if you look at the way that I draw star Wars characters, I rarely draw them in the same outfit twice. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love taking when I do my, my, you know, I, I inktober stuff and do my month of star Wars characters. It's like, Oh, I'm going to draw Han Solo today. I'm not going to draw him in one of his outfits from the movies. Probably. I did this year actually, but but a lot of the time it's like, I want to look at it and go like, what can I, what, how can I make this character iconic and recognizable, but also do something new with them. Um, and I, I wish that I wish the Lucasfilm had the guts to do that. I just got the art book for Mando season two and I went through it and I was like, there's a lot of really great concept art in it. There's, this is no shade to, to any of the concept artists. There were a lot of really cool new designs for background characters. <laughs> and then everybody else was kind of just like, eh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, we're just going to keep going from season one. Mm-hmm. Um, the highlight of that book is, is the Ahsoka stuff and looking at the design process for that. But, but even there, it's like they kind of they they kind of had one look and then just kind of did little tiny variations on it. And and I just feel like they need to be more bold. They need to they need to be more out there. And um and 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 then they need to get Hasbro on the same page and they need to produce some friggin' action figures. Oh man, things. like 
god damn it, Hasbro, put out more than one character every six months, please. I I think a lot of that is COVID though, because it's like really crazy that they're announcing a figure and then pre-orders like two months later, and then it comes out a year later. Yeah, like that I, has to be a COVID I, production thing, right? It, like it, it has must to be. be. Yeah, because I because I I they I can't remember what character they announced. I think maybe it was Fennec. And I was like, well, they haven't even done a Cobb Vanth yet. And then I was looking through my uh, Amazon pre-orders um, I, on Amazon.com because .com and .ca are different accounts. And I don't remember why, but I, I needed to go into my Amazon.com account thing to check something. And I saw, oh, I have a pre-order for a Cobb Vanth figure. <laughs> I don't, it, it, I did it. I pre-ordered it so long ago that I'd yep. forgotten that I did it. And then I looked at the release date and the release date so far out that it's like a it's like a third quarter 2022 or something like that. Yeah. Like it doesn't crazy. even have a month on it. It's crazy. And it, and I'm like, wait, Cobb Vanth that showed up in season two, episode one of Mandalorian. The figure for that doesn't come out until two years later. Yeah. Like it's it has to be a production. That figure's gonna come around. out. And then we're going to see Cobb Vanth 2.0 with his robot parts. Yeah. Right? Like a week later. It's, it, you know what? I'll bet you anything it'll get delayed and we'll see RoboCobb uh, before we see I, I, before we see the action figure of Cobb Vanth. And then I'm going to get my Cobb Vanth figure and I'm going to put him next to Din and I'm going to be like, well, I need to replace you because RoboCobb exists. Yeah. That's what we're calling him, by the way. Everybody knows that, right? I'm, That's I'm his, in. Is that That's cool? It makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, Robocop, Robocop makes sense to me. What do I have? I'm looking at my pre-orders right now. Okay. I have the dark trooper, which is over a year away from now. Yeah. Uh, echo Omega and Ahsoka Tano from Mandalorian season two. Also a year from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think I have my Cobb Vanth on Hasbro here too. No, that's a Ghostbusters one. Sorry about that. That's that's my Proton pack. God knows when that thing is coming. Uh, this looks like Cobb Vanth. Let's see. Uh, Cobb Vanth, yeah, July, July first. Which July is 1st. a well, that's a placeholder date. That's not a real date, right? I mean, um, most of these are usually pretty good with Hasbro. Yeah. Uh, October twenty second, I pre ordered Cobb Vanth. Okay. And like they sell out the same day they go on sale. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's this is uh, so stupid. But like, the, fa- the fact the fact that a Boba Fett like a Book of Boba Fett Boba figure is not out for the release of Book of Boba Fett is ridiculous. <sighs> Dude, and then they these. announced they announced this week the Black Chrysanthemum figure and it's it's oh, not man. a book of Boba Fett Black Chrysanthemum. It's a hideous. It's a comic book one, and it doesn't look like him at all. And <laughs> like, at it's all. it's a Chewbacca painted yeah. black with a new head sculpt yeah. and an and a solid yellow piece of plastic looking like it, it came off of a Masters of the Universe figure. And bad. I don't mean like a modern Masters of the Universe no. figure. I mean it looks like they went back to 1984. And they stole this from a Skeletor. Like, it looks awful. And, like, again, again, this is how I measure whether or not I should be upset about this stuff. Because sometimes it's like, oh, we're in our Star Wars world. And it's like, it's really not that big of a deal. 
I showed it to Crystal and she went, that's not black chrysanthemum. And I was like, right? (laughs) So if if my wife, who does not give a care in the world about a stupid Wookiee action figure, if she's like, that's some nonsense. You know that Hasbro woofed yeah. it on this one, We're in, uh, and then you got and and, and then and then you got Paul out there telling everybody that he that he loves it and that they're wrong for disliking it. Who, who did this? Uh, Paul Paul from from my I, I saga continues. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, um, but uh, yeah, man. I, j- Sorry, just, Paul. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I think we're good. I think we did it. I think we did it. Yeah. Hey, Kenobi soon. Kenobi is soon. Kenobi is soon. It's going to happen. I guess this is the part where I tell everybody my news, Mm. which is that you just finished listening to the last Star Wars podcast I'm going to (laughs) do. This is kind of, it's maybe this is an impulsive decision. Maybe it's rash. I don't know. Maybe I'll regret it in a year. Um just life the way that it's been recently and star Wars, the way that it's been and, and sort of just, uh, I, the energy that it requires to record the podcast, edit the podcast, post it, all of that stuff. Um, I was really reflecting on it. I have enjoyed the hell out of this season talking with you, Joe. So let, don't let that be a reflection. On it. <laughs> it was me. It was I'm me. the reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and I also really enjoyed Bad Batch uh, last year. Um, mm-hmm. I like that was that was it was really fun to do that with you and Kyle. It's not it's not that I don't enjoy doing the podcast part of it. It's like the there's the labor parts of it. And then there's like the emotional investment of it. That is a it's a weird thing to really explain unless you're a podcaster of like, you record these things and you put them out every week and we have a decent sized audience here, right? It's, it's not a bad size audience. Um, but it gets smaller every year. <laughs> and so like, it's a little bit like, like, and, and some of you guys have been here since day one, like you've been here since day one of the Clone Wars and, and trust me, I appreciate that. And I know who you guys are and, uh, and, and it's made all the difference. And it's the reason why I've done this for, uh, I since 14 years, right. Since, since 2008. So, um, like, yeah, like I've probably been doing this maybe two years longer than I should have. It's a, it, I was saying to you, Joe, like, this is a young man's game. I'm going to be 37 <laughs> this year. I'm approaching, like I'm closer to 40 than to 30. <laughs> like it, it's, a, I have other things that I want to do with my time. Um, and we have uh, Amanda and I have a project with Thunderquack because we're going to be making some changes over there as well. And uh, if you've listened to the most or well, when you listen, because it's not out in general release, if you're a Patreon supporter, you may have already listened to the new episode of Thunderquack. So you might actually already know what direction things are going in. But um, yeah, we just kind of had like a, an epiphany. We just had this moment on the, on the Thunderquack podcast recording on Monday night. And after that, I just started thinking about things. And to be honest, like, and I'll say it here first before I even say it on a Thunderquack podcast, I that is gonna get sunset as well. Like the whole, like the whole thing's kind of gonna, uh, and I have to figure out what that looks like logistically because there are other podcasts on the network, and I don't want them to have to go away either, uh, uh, or or just because I want to stop. So 
we'll figure out those logistics and stuff. But in terms of the Star Wars ones, um, I'm going to step back. I'm going to step away from it. I, I, and Joe, you and I already talked about this. If, if you guys want to keep going with faster, more intense or with rebel cells, uh, you 100% have my blessing. And I would love nothing more than to see those continue on without me, even if it's just for now, whatever this ends up being. Right. But, but here's the main reason why Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming. And if you guys have been listening to me for any length of time, you know what that character means to me. I don't want a podcast about it. I don't. I don't even know if I want to talk on Twitter about it. Like, I might for the six weeks of Kenobi. I mean, it'll be hard because we'll be at Star Wars Celebration after the first episode. So obviously we're going to have a lot to say. And talk to each other about. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to those face-to-face conversations in the midst of the release of one of the most anticipated dream projects that has ever come in Star Wars. Uh, for me personally. Um, it's it's amazing that we're going to, that, that that's all going to kind of happen at the same time. Um, on my birthday, no less. I, <laughs> I, but I might like, I might leave Twitter for the for the six weeks around Kenobi because like I just I want to enjoy it on my terms and I don't want to I don't want to deal with like the uh, this is what everybody's pissed off about this week because it doesn't matter it could be the best show that's ever been made because some of the stuff that came across in in Book of Boba Fett was some of the best Star Wars that they've ever done and you had people just like uh, to be totally frank they're just bitching and moaning about it because that's what the internet is for and being on the podcast and being like it's like being a part of the conversation is just exhausting and like i said i've been doing this for 14 years and i'm kind of i kind of just want to enjoy kenobi i kind of just want to enjoy season two of bad batch when we get that i just want to enjoy Andor. i just I kind of want to just go back to being a Star Wars fan and not being a Star Wars podcaster, which I it might be hard for some people to understand the distinction between those two things. If, if you don't, if you've never lived that. And I also just think that there are other people out there, younger people coming up that are doing this better than I ever did. Um, and and there's the there's the the Ron Swanson quote from Parks and Rec: "Never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing." And I feel like doing all of these podcasts and and um, and and my illustration and my job and you know all that important thing that I have to do called being a parent. It's like I'm just I'm I'm just pulled in too many directions for any one of these things to be as good as it could be. Um. And, and unfortunately the thing that's going to lose out on that is, is podcasting. It's this, that doesn't mean I won't talk about star Wars, uh, uh, at all ever again. I mean, like, I, I, with changes that are coming to Thunderquack, I think that it'll probably just mean that I'll end up talking about it there more, but, but, um, the sort of, uh, the broader discourse discussion stuff, I think is just something that that I don't want to be involved in the way that I am. Um, does any of that make sense? Does it, do, am I coming? Am yes. I just rambling? No, 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 no. Does no it, look, man, like 
it's uh, podcasting is something that i mean i don't know if people realize it it's a lot of work man like i just show up yeah. every week you you do all the legwork on this i just i try to be as prepared as i can so like i have something to say when you know i don't i don't want to just be like a yes man you know what i mean i want to contribute yeah, yeah. but like you 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 put so like you you invest you, you like your time your energy your money like you you are very much like fully committed to doing this and you have been fully committed for for years and years and years and it's a lot man it's a lot you're you're a parent of two you've got a lot going on like other than this and and it's look when it gets to a point where you're not sure if you should be doing it anymore you it's probably time yeah that and that was exactly it is that like like amanda and i had this conversation uh after recording thunderquack this week and and this this new project that we both got like super excited about in the moment um which which we'll we'll talk about in four weeks so which is a because that's the next time amanda will be on the thunderquack podcast um and b it gives me some time to like i said like there's a lot of these like logistics and stuff that i need to figure out but to to figure out this uh like this next stage and and what this next project is going to look like. And we'll talk about it then. But um, I got really, really excited about it in a way that I haven't gotten excited about podcasting or any of the other projects that I've done in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And it, in a way that I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to like, we need to really do it. We need to yeah. really do it. Not like, Oh, wouldn't that be cool if this turned into something? But like, no, if I'm going to do this, it's got to be the thing that I'm doing. And, and then I, and then it was like, so what, what does that mean? What, what, what's got to give? And, and I was like, well, I could just stop podcasting about Star Wars. And the second that the thought entered my mind, it was like, that would be nice. (laughs) <laughs> it would be nice to and and like like what happened over the last week and whatever and us not being able to get the episode on on time and stuff it was like it was like to not have that pressure around something that i really really think is going to bring me a lot of joy with this obi-wan kenobi show um to to get rid of that aspect of it i think i it was it was like i think this yeah. is the right thing for me to do is the mm-hmm. right thing for me to do for like my mental health and my sanity especially sure. if i'm gonna do this other thing so um yeah that's as much as i think i can say i i and and other other than that i'll just be rambling and repeating myself but um so yeah you were like oh i wish i would have had time to prepare something for you and it's like ah whatever i'm kind of dropping this on everybody but and it's and it is a very impulsive decision that i'm making but but at the end of the day if it feels right and Mm -hmm. that to me is like okay yeah I should I should follow through on this. And if in two years I'm like, oh man, I really need to talk about Star Wars on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's not like out. this is a uh, yeah, yeah. It can't be like an irreversible decision. If, if... And then and then I'll just be the Michael Jordan of Star Wars podcasting. There you go. You know. There you go. Uh, I'll go do something else for a couple of years. I'll suck at that, and then I'll come back to this. Um, which people well, my... might argue that I suck at this too, but that's fine. If if I may, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if if I may, just take a moment to. Uh, to thank you for giving me a platform to share my excitement uh, with you, of course, with Kyle last last year with, you know, doing Bad Batch and Book of Boba Fett. And as much as I complained uh, about Book of Boba Fett and a little bit about Bad Batch, uh, 
I, I had so much fun, man. Like it's such a pleasure uh, to talk with you. And it's something that you and I, I feel like you and I, this was kind of a catalyst for us to talk more than we usually did. Cause like, yeah. we, you know, we've always kind of like been in the same circles, but it's been pretty rare that you and I kind of had regular conversations. Yeah. And I'm glad that this was kind of a catalyst uh, to, you know, I feel like we're closer friends now. So yeah. I, I thank you for uh, including me for uh, that platform to speak and for your friendship because you are a wonderful human being. And I know you're not dying. I know we can still talk, but uh, you know, this is, this is it's a big different. deal. Yeah, it's, it's, this is, it, it's, it's a big deal that this is, you're, you're not going to be doing yeah, Star Wars. You're in, in New general. York and I'm in Vancouver, right? Like right, if, if right. we don't make time, then, then it's exactly. going to be harder to do, but, exactly. um, but, but uh, like I said, like, like sort of what I'm mulling over in my head and the, and the plans that I have for Thunder Quack means that like, uh, there'll still be opportunities. You're going to be on the, the, the exclusive, uh, we just had a conversation about Pokemon, uh, about Pokemon Arceus, right? Mm. So like, I'm thinking more of doing stuff like that, where it's like, ah, I'll just bring people in, just talk about stuff when I've got a friend who I know wants to talk about something. Um, no pressure. Well, an hour and a half from now, uh, Horizon is releasing. So Bingo, yeah. Well, there's, al- there's always cool stuff to talk about. There's always nerdy stuff to talk about. Um, and, 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 and we will, for sure. So. But but I appreciate all that. Thank you for uh, for stepping up and doing this with me this season, uh, uh, and and also for the bad batch stuff. It it it's uh, I I needed I needed a co-host, uh, and uh, <laughs> and and you jumped in, and it's been awesome. So it was my pleasure, um, sir. Yeah. Okay, well that's it. That's it for the episode. My family all just got home, and so I need, and I was supposed <laughs> to be done before they got back. So thank you all guys right. for listening. Uh, it's been an awesome season. Uh, it's been awesome uh, podcasting about Star Wars for 14 years. And uh, I, and hey, I, I will still be around, guys, even if mm-hmm. I take a month off for Kenobi of Twitter or whatever. You guys know where to find me. You guys know where to find me. Come on. <laughs> uh, you can find me on, on the Instagrams or on Facebook or whatever. And the Patreon, Thundercrack people know know how to get a hold of me. You guys, you guys know where I'm at. You got my number. So, um so yeah, it's like it's I'm, it's not that I'm leaving. I'm just sort of I'm just hoping that it's like stepping back, right, mm-hmm. and letting letting other people kind of kind of take the reins a little bit. But I, I yeah, I guess this is it. I guess I'm signing off for my last episode. So thank you guys. Thank you to everybody who's listened over the years. Thank you to everybody who's uh, uh, supported the podcasts. And uh, like obviously, I started with Frontlines, and I wouldn't be still sitting here podcasting about other stuff and talking to you guys if it wasn't for the star wars fans that supported me early on in that so um so thank you to all of them and i uh, and uh, i don't know we'll see you around <laughs> hopefully yeah. hopefully hopefully a bunch of you guys are going to be at star wars celebration come find <laughs> being interrupted and now i gotta go <laughs> well mike it's not goodbye it's just may the force be with you <laughs> thank you You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.
Faster, More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.